Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ranking Thrones. I am James Kelly. And I'm Evan Camacho. Every week, Evan and I talk about the kings and queen who sat on the Iron Throne. And this week, we are covering Darren the First. Mm-hmm. Last week, we covered Aegon the Third, who scored, actually, to our, our wonderful surprise, very highly. Mm-hmm. But, ultimately, we decided that even though he was a tragic figure that we could sympathize very much for, he wasn't a dragon. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see how his first son, who sat on the Iron Throne, does. <laughs> so, to introduce, uh, as, as I say every, every episode, um, I come in as a fan of the books as well as the TV show. Evan comes in a bit more fresh as just a fan of the TV show. And so Evan is a bit more fresh and is able to judge this as I tell the stories of these Targaryen kings from George R. R. Martin's world. As well as the Baratheons. We're going to get to the Baratheons. Don't worry. They're coming. Yes, we'll get there. We're not too far away. Yeah, we're getting closer. Like, we're, we've already passed... Um, as we've said, as I've said, and like we 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 just went through the the long horrid period of the Dance of the Dragons, and basically yeah. this is this is really with uh, Darren is the start of the of the second era mm-hmm. of the of the Targaryens, because uh, Aegon the Third, you could I would argue that even though he really is like the start of the the second era, mm-hmm. like it it's not clearly the second era until. Until the dragons are really fully gone, right? And so, like, Darren is kind of like the new era. Like, this is okay. We don't have dragons anymore. Period. Right. We have Where to we go be from here. Smart. And this is interesting. Um, just getting uh, to the kind of weeds of it. Mm-hmm. Part of the charm for I think George R. R. Martin's fantasy world mm-hmm. is that until the until basically the the books and show starts. Mm-hmm. The fantasy part of the fantasy world has been dead for years, right? Like pretty much, we're going to have a couple characters that are accused of being magic show up in our next couple episodes, right? But for the most part, like magic is gone. There are no more dragons. It's pretty much become a medieval world. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that. So about Darren, though. Yeah. First off, Evan, what can you tell me about Darren? I do not know anything, unfortunately. Yep, he is never mentioned in the TV show, even though it's a little bit surprising, particularly because he's a hero of one of the most popular characters in the TV show. So, but first, does he have a nickname? Yes. The same? He was, he was known as the Young Dragon Ooh. and the Boy King. Okay. I would personally dub him Darren the Daring, but unfortunately, Darren the Daring is taken by another Prince Darren. Oh. Wow. Yeah, from, from the Dance of the Dragons we, we've covered. Yeah. He kind of didn't deserve the name. This one, I think, does. Okay. And so, about the sources. Mm-hmm. He was spoken of a few times at the beginning of the Game of Thrones as he was a hero of Jon Snow. He is also spoken of in A Feast for Crows, which offers a Dornish perspective on the king, which, understandably, as we get into, is very different from the more other Westerosi's 
perspective on King Darren the First. Okay. But our main source for uh, King Darren the First is the World of Ice and Fire. Okay. So, with all that in mind, the life of Darren the First. Okay. He was the eldest son of Aegon the Unlucky. He was crowned king at the age of 14 after his father passed away. Despite being two years too young to be traditionally considered a man, his uncle Viserys had him declared king and protector of the realm. Viserys wanted to avoid the corruption and factionalism of a regency period that befell his brother. Darren immediately made an impression on all of the skeptical lords when he expressed his goal of completing the conquest by conquering Dorne. Yes. Most of the lords were skeptical as Aegon the Conqueror could not do such with three dragons. Daron responded with, You have a dragon. He stands before you. Okay. Before Daron left, he arranged for his younger brother, Baylor to marry his sister, Dana. That marriage would prove to be scandalous, but we'll talk about that later. Curiously, Daron himself chose not to marry Dana and would not get married in his life. We do not have any insight as to why. There is no insinuation in the sources that we have that he was not disinclined to women, so there is a mystery. Darren studied the First Dornish War and carefully laid plans to avoid the mistakes of Aegon the Conqueror and Oris Baratheon. He would divide his army into three and avoid Oris Baratheon's mistakes of taking routes where he could be open to raids and traps, instead taking goat paths. Huh. Darren's invasion of Dorne. It's a little bit like uh, Thermopylae. I was going to say, that sounds like Thermopylae. Yeah. C-300 to get the reference. And if you don't, that battle of Thermopylae happened three more times. Really? Wow. I didn't know that. Continue. <laughs> Darren's invasion of Dorne turned out to be an amazing success. He successfully arrived at, Suns- at Sunspear where the Prince of Dorne and many of the Dornish lords bent the knee to King Darren. The young dragon managed to do what Aegon the Conqueror had never done. He had genuinely conquered Dorne. He permitted the Prince of Dorne to remain the Lord of Dorne and took several hostages to guarantee their loyalty. Darren returned to King's Landing and set out to write a book detailing his conquest. The Conquest of Dorne is notable for being extremely well-written, a story that is very detailed but at the same time very clear and easily readable. King Darren's book was vociferously read not just by the lords, but the common people, who came to worship Darren even more. But as Prince Doran Martell would later note, Darren inflated the number of people that he faced. This boosted the ego of both sides as the Dornish were proud of how many people it took for Dorne to submit. The rest of the realm was proud of how many, how, how impressive the conquest was. Right. A rebellion quickly broke out in Dorne after Darren left. It was curiously not led by the lords, who more or less were content to Darren's treatment and conditions. It was rather the people of Dorne themselves who rebelled against the Targaryens. The rebels massacred thousands of the crown's forces who were there to maintain the peace. Darren debated executing the Dornish hostages, but chose not to. Smart. 
Darren set out to fight the insurgency, but this time around the war was incredibly bloody and indecisive, with thousands dying. Darren and his cousin, Aemon the Dragon Knight, who was a member of the Kingsguard, met on the field of battle in Dorne. They met the Dornish army under a peace flag to negotiate. The unarmed Darren was killed by the treacherous Dornish who killed him under a banner of peace. Darren's body was not returned to King's Landing until his brother successfully negotiated its return. And that's the story of Darren the First. Well, that was quick. Yeah. Like I said, we unfortunately don't know a lot about him. Hmm. This is where we'll need Fire and Blood Volume 2, because I would really, really love to know more about him. He's such a fascinating figure from that, that story. It's like a really great story. But I kind of anticipated how much we would have to go off of him. Right. And, so, and so I'm gonna we're going to talk a little bit more about and in-depth to make this a full episode of who is he based on. Mm -hmm. So, Darren is definitely based on several famous young warrior kings. The one he bears the strongest resemblance to is Henry V, an amazing Ooh, warrior yes. whose valor at Agincourt made him the perfect historical basis for one of Shakespeare's most famous plays, aptly, Henry V. Mm -hmm. Also, like Darren, Henry V's conquest of France quickly died with him as the court of Henry VI, and eventually oh, yes. eventually, the half-mad king Henry VI himself yeah. could not maintain the hold over the new, their new territory. So, tragically, even though Henry V did all this amazing battles and wars and conquered France, he his successors could not maintain France. And his son was, well, not an evil man, just no, no. not cut out for the job. He also bears a similarity to Evan's favorite figure of history, Richard <laughs> the Lionheart. Yes. Who spent most of his time as king off fighting in Jerusalem, leaving his yep. brother John to actually manage England and deal with his brother's crippling debts. Mm -hmm. which we can talk about it right now, Evan. Like, basically, Richard the Lionheart is very much the real-life equivalent of King Darren, of just, like, this great, heroic, amazing warrior king who did this all these great chivalrous things. And that's all we choose to remember. We don't remember that he left the, the kingdom with crippling deaths mm -hmm. and not really accomplishing anything. No. And left his brother, who maybe not have been the nicest of blokes, but he also was dealing with horrendous situations. Yes. So, like, yeah, I'm sorry, Robin Hood, but we have to have taxes because we don't have any money. Right, because the guy, you, because the guy you're supporting and hoping will come back to rescue you, bankrupted us twice. Yeah. And flat out, King Richard. Allegedly did say King John, the supposedly evil king, was more of a king than he was. The heroic Richard I. Oh, yes. I'm kind of getting more and more to your side. I'm like, eh, Richard, I, I get why you're lionized. Right. And as a general, sure, but you're not a king. Right. You're wasting people's time by calling yourself king. Yeah. Yeah. 
He also does take a lot of inspiration from Alexander the Great, who was yep. a young, great general and king who spent all his time fighting and left an empire that crumbled without him. Yeah. Just like that, Henry V and Richard I. And that, is, that is perhaps a deviation, but that is perhaps Alexander. Yeah. Um, because you, you, left a, you, left a, uh, you left an empire with no legacy. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, he died before his son was born. Yes. And not, so his son was literally, an, wasn't even born when he theoretically inherited the empire. So that's just like, what do we do now? Like, he is, like, he's an infant that's mm -hmm. not even born. He's it's not like, ready for this. Yeah. And so who's in charge while he gets ready for this? And do we want him to be, right. be our king eventually? And that's all the poor trouble that that kid ended up in. Poor and then Prince Duran, it's kind of like, okay, you conquered Dorne. Great. Well, we'll get into that more and more, but... And actually, we'll, we'll talk about that for this king. Of mm -hmm. Really, how much was... Dorn worth in the end. But, okay. Also, just as a side note, and this is something I picked on, on myself, we're going to our good friends the Romans also. Mm -hmm. Of Darren's Conquest of Dorn seems to be inspired by Julius Caesar's commentary of the Conquest of Gaul, oh, which yes. is uh, very famous for, seriously, for being um, one of the standard textbooks for people learning Latin. Because right. Unlike the more famous orators like Cicero, Julius Caesar's um, Latin was much more dry, focused, and to the point, and very easy to read. Well, and he was kind of the he he. The one thing the one thing you have to be noticed about these books is they were kind of a publicity stunt. They were the oh yes yes when yes. people bought them back, they were the equivalent of like not just propaganda movies, but these were like the big action movies of the day. Oh these yeah, were the, these were the James Bond. These were the the Marvel superheroes of their day. Yeah, that's what well, they were. I mean, you have to honestly, and uh, I really like this movie, but you have to understand that Caesar's commentary on Gaul mm -hmm. is basically Mel Gibson's Braveheart. Yes, it's just like it's like well, like three. 3% of that happened and happened that yeah. way. The rest is like really, really grossly exaggerated and making you into this like amazing superhero, but like right. you weren't that Julius Caesar. Right. Like, but I mean, that's. And the thing is that in, in those days, and I mean, and politics, war and politics, they're very, very, very intertwined. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Well, I mean, uh, this, I mean, like, really uh, getting into it a little bit was, like, Darren invading Dorne is really just a propaganda tool to say, we mm -hmm. of the Targaryens are still incredibly powerful, and that, like, this civil war we have just gone through and we've recovered from, like, that is not us. Like, we are still the rulers of Westeros, and we are powerful. So, let's get into the ranking part of Ranking Thrones. Mm -hmm. The king. 
Okay. He only reigned for four years. So that automatically means he only gets four. Gets a four. For just time as king. Now, here are my notes. He had such a presence and charisma that many would come to ignore his youth and follow him into war. Okay. He followed terms similar to Aegon the Conqueror after Dorne's conquest and maintained some hostages, but permitted the former royalty of Dorne to remain the lords of their lands. Sounds fair. And they did not complain. The lords were okay with Darren's terms. Darren styled himself as a young Aegon the Conqueror by wearing the crown of Aegon. And that's all I got for him. As he, knows, the, he knows how to put on a show. Give him credit for that. He knows how to put on the show, and he definitely was a prodigy. We'll, we'll get mm-hmm. more into that in The Warrior, but like, just as a king, though. Yeah, he's... I don't know. This is a tough one. This is kind of a tough one. He didn't rule really long enough for him to per se screw anything up. And he, he was a good military man. He really wasn't really a king. He was more he of a military really man. A king. So, I mean, I'm going to give him a six. So I'm, I'm giving him a six only because he didn't mess anything up. I so can't go him. that. I can't go that high. I, I can only give him five tops because it's just like he's he has the charisma like yeah. being a leader but he's not really doing anything other than leading a war and like yeah. he, he does have some qualities of being a ruler but like he's kind of like basically a little bit like of a robert yeah of just like of just that you're you're really a great like i'll follow you into war but we we just have yeah. so little insight of him, like of what he'd be like as a peacetime ruler, right? So and even, then, and even then, this war was more of a publicity stunt. Yeah, we'll get into it with Madison Miss Rule, where we debate how much was it really worth it in the end. Yeah, but okay. So the next category, where he's probably going to score really high, the warrior. He may very well have been the greatest general of the Targaryen dynasty. Although only 14, he was a prodigy as a warrior and a brilliant general. He later, though, did have to struggle mightily against an insurgency after his initial conquest. But I don't know. Even with that, the fact that he was able to do something that Aegon the Conqueror could not do... Mm-hmm. And without dragons, he just did this yeah. with normal people, and he he conquered a land that was extremely inhospitable, that Dorne's a desert, right. and he still was able yeah. to conquer it. I mean, I'll give him a nine out of ten. I will give him a ten. Like he he is an amazing general. Okay. So, like, as a warrior, like, he is a great warrior. Mm-hmm. So, I think he deserves full marks. Okay, you know what? You, you shifted me. I'll give him a 10. All right. Wow. Okay. Congratulations, Darren. You are yes. the first one to score perfect marks. You have done what 
even Aegon, what even Jaehaerys and Aegon the Conqueror could not do. You got perfect score for the warrior. <laughs> he was he was truly deserving of his reputation as a great warrior. I think, like he was a great warrior, but. Was it all worth it in the end? We get into the big one of like uh, of the the negative category, madness and misrule. So, mm-hmm. as King, he went to Dor- war with Dorne, a land that had been made several incursions on the Reach, but beyond that was of little consequence in it gaining its submission. Mm. Benjen Stark and Maester Yandel were very critical of Darren, as his quest for glory cost 10,000 lives, and he ultimately failed to gain Doran's submission. Mm. 10,000 lives, and it ultimately accomplished nothing. Yeah. Yandel notes that glory is everlasting, but it is fleeting. Yeah. And think about that. Henry V's conquests are everlasting but they didn't last they didn't last they barely lasted his lifetime they lasted his lifetime but they didn't last his son's lifetime yeah alexander's fell apart right after alexander like immediately after alexander yeah it's like it's amazing yeah so i mean that's a very fitting truth as uh, shelley's great poem said it it's like, you can have Ozymandias proclaim how mighty he is, but you can look around those ruins and see, well, it didn't last forever. Exactly. So, you know, like, the war ultimately, even though it's impressive, we can't take him to ca- task for that it failed, I think. And we can take him to that... Oh, I'm sorry. We okay. The the other thing I was gonna say is like we can take him to task over the fact that honestly, it really did a like was a vanity project. Mm-hmm. Because Dorn, like, what is Dorn worth in the end? Mm-hmm. No, like, no. Dorn like offers some great spices, and I guess it's good to have Dornish soldiers. It's wine. Yeah, but like beyond that, it's just it's a desert. Right. It, it's... It is really not worth it. <laughs> so, like, and, and again, like, he didn't win the war, even. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, this is hard. This is very hard. Oh, and the uh, last thing I, I, I should m- mention is my notes. Darren was embroiled with the war and left the management of the realm to his uncle Viserys, who remained hand of the king. Mm-hmm. He left no heir, and his kingdom was at war when he died. His yeah, desire for I'm, gaining yeah, Dorne. I'm gonna, give him a four, I'm gonna give him a four out of five. So an eight. Yeah. Eight out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. It was a vanity project. It worked, but it was not worth it. It worked in the beginning. I don't know if I can go as high as an eight, but I'm just on the cusp of that. Okay. Because it ultimately it's 
one he doesn't he isn't mad and it's just yeah. like he 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 just is like has a lot of like he really and he's not right and he's not crazy he has he just has a lot of a uh, lot of chutzpah and like he kind of goes in kind of half cocked and then isn't really for the best yeah but I'm right there with you. I'll give him a seven. Okay. So, fifteen. It's pretty that. high. Yeah. Well, because it was a vanity war, and it really didn't accomplish much in the end, and it cost. And I, I'm with a Benjamin Stark. Ten thousand lives. And you didn't even gain the province. Right. It's like ten thousand lives isn't good, even if you gain the province. But like ten thousand lives, and you lost it. Yeah, no. that's that's pretty bad. That's not good. No, it's not. So he scored higher than his father for yes. that category. <laughs> so that's not good for him. It's, it's good for his father. <laughs> so next category, the no. the lower score category. Portrait. Well, just look at how how he looks as a, okay. and uh, decide how much. What do we think about him? Okay, so I'm sending it over to Evan right now. Mm -hmm. Let's take a look. One moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll look at it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if you're looking online, uh. Mm -hmm. This is an image from Amok on the westeros.org. Okay, yes. That's a good one. And uh, I'm also sending another one. This one's uh, more of a profile okay. shot. I mean, he's, he's handsome. He's handsome. You know, even though he's obviously young, he looks like a, he looks he looks like like a warrior king. Yep. He I would follow like, him to battle. Like Alexander. Yeah, he's got that kind of young charm and that young... He's got that young, he's got that young brashness. Yep. Out of five, what would you give him? Actually, honestly, I'd give him a five. Five. Uh, he just looks a bit young, so it's just like it's like a tiny bit of skepticism in, in me for like what he does in his life. True, but I think he lives up to it. I'll give him a four and a half. You'll give him a five? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my goodness. He has scored the highest yet for the portrait <laughs> category. With nine and a half, he has surpassed Queen Rhaenyra and is now on top. Or oh, wait, yeah. nope, wait, nope. Hold that. Never mind. Aegon the Conqueror is still number one with a perfect score of ten. I figured. All right. Well, anyways, but though, but he is right at the top for for good looking, and, and like good looking for what he's trying to go for. So let's total it up. And see how he, how he's on the just like the standard ranking part. So he got eleven for. Uh, so he got four for time as king. He wasn't king for long. Eleven mm -hmm. for the king. He really wasn't a king for long, and we can't really judge one way or the other of how he was going to be. Mm -hmm. He got twenty for the warrior. He was an amazing warrior. Yes. And I, I'm very 
comfortable with that rating. It's like, yeah, he was a great warrior. But for Madness and Misrule, we gave him a 15 because ultimately it was kind of a well-meaning but misguided war. Yeah. And for Portrait, nine and a half. He was a handsome, charismatic figure. So with that, he scores 59.5. That's uh, kind of middle of the road. A bit on the lower side, but like a middle of that. He's he actually scored lower than his father. Okay, but I mean he's scoring higher than a than a, than like a Aenys, Tristane, and Aegon yeah. the Second, and Rhaenyra. So he's he's not doing too bad right now. No, he's not great. Actually, but that being said, stupid. yeah, the big one, the big one, the final question we ask ultimately every episode is, is this king a dragon or a dud? Is this someone really special worth remembering or is this person ultimately kind of a footnote? Footnote. He's a dud. My really? Opinion. Wow. I would argue dragon. I would yeah. argue dragon. Okay, well, you know what? Let, let's debate. Let's debate. Why is he a dud, in my opinion? Yeah, because okay. The war, the war was a vanity project. Yes, he conquered Dorne, but he ruled for so little time and had kind of so insignificant amount that I think it's like we got this kid who just says, okay, conquered Dorne. Good warrior, but conquered Dorne. Okay, we're done. Yeah. I can see that. Can... I can see that, but like, just like his impact of just like being so inspirational... As like, of like, whoa, we actually conquered Dorne. Okay. We had it for a brief moment. Right. right. But and like, and like, he's just such a great hero figure. That like, okay. he, he kind of became like what Alexander became in lo- after, after his death. Of just like this, such a big, like Jon Snow worships him. And, and like, that's one of the things he talks about to his Uncle Benjamin is like, you're too young to join the Night's Watch. Well, it was like, well, during the during the first conquered Dorne, when he was 14, and then, like, Uncle Benjamin has to respond, yeah, he conquered Dorne, but he it cost 10,000 lives, and he couldn't keep hold of Dorne. So he's, he's a very polarizing figure, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like, that very polarizing nature, and his, even though his impact wasn't great, I think he ultimately is a dragon just because, like, he has such a huge impact on the Westerosi. Okay. Yeah. But am I swaying you? A little bit. A little bit. But I, I'm guessing not enough. Yeah. And this is ultimately has to be unanimous, so, wow. This is our first time we've really had a real split. Actually, no, no we, we kind of split on a... On the Ceres the first, but like I kind of convinced right. him he was a dud. You know what? I can understand. I can understand because ultimately he, his war, his war was, his war was a crusade. Yeah. His war and, was a crusade, and we both have uh, we both have best opinion on the crusades. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of sad just because like I I really like Darren the first. 
And I, I really wish we knew more about him. And that's why we're we're eagerly waiting. I'm eagerly waiting for uh, Fire and Blood Volume Two to find out more about him. Just like the marriage question is like just like a very like kind of like no, that's a, oh that's another thing why I stay as a dud is because the guy didn't get an heir. Yeah, well, that, well, that's kind of on the misrule side of like it was like he was young, obviously, but just like it's still like you got to get married mm-hmm. like very quickly and make sure like. It's kind of kind of settled quickly as possible. Yeah. So I guess uh alright. Alright. Well, we have to be unanimous on this. That's the way the podcast rules, so he is a dud. I'm I'm surprised. That was one of my I I predicted we were I thought we were gonna go dragon on this. Mm. But nope. That was a little bit of a a little bit of a shakeup. Alright. Well, that's totally fine. That's part of what what this is. You come in fresh and you decide also, like based on what I've told you, right? And right. more attitude, because because uh, I think you you follow what and it, Maester Yandel and like the world of ice and fire is written co-written by by George R. R. Martin, but also by superfans Elio and Lin, Elio Garcia and Linda Antonson. But I definitely think like that final line of like. Glory is everlasting, but is fleeting. That is one hundred percent George R. Martin. That is him. That is like yeah, because Martin is is a pacifist. He says like yeah, I get the appeal of war, but it doesn't really accomplish anything. Or what it accomplishes is very nebulous. So uh, with that, we have uh, finished our episode on the Young Dragon. Mm-hmm. It was a fun character, and this is a fun episode to do. Absolutely. I'm glad we got a full episode length out of it, given uh, the sparse material we have. Uh, next week, yes. we are covering Baylor the Blessed. That's going to be a lot of fun. Tune in next week to find out about that king. See you then. Mm-hmm.